Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. Today, we are looking in the book of Isaiah. We are going to be talking about uh, chapters... Uh, 38 and 39. Now, this is just is the time when the Assyrians had attacked and God uh, had delivered Israel uh, from the Assyrians. The angel of the Lord uh, came down. Um, maybe this was the angel of death comes down and on the battlefield where they were where they were on the field waiting to try to lay siege to Jerusalem in their camp and struck down 185,000 Assyrians. And so uh, God just delivers them uh, without the, um, the uh, without Israel having to shoot one single arrow at them. And so what a miraculous sign that was that God was on, on the side of his people, that he would defend his people. And this is what the, the whole book starts out with, was uh, when Isaiah was trying to plead with King Ahaz, you know, telling him that, um, you know, um, just just call on my name and I'll, I, will, um, I will protect you. So now we, we come in chapter 38 um, and we see uh, verse 1, in those days, okay, along this time, Hezekiah become sick and was at the point of death. I don't know if he had cancer or what he had, but he was sick. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Now, that's kind of bad news, isn't it? And, and many of us today get news like that. Many of us today hear about people getting news like that. It's almost like you can't live uh, uh, any kind of life without having friends or family pass away, get sick, or having to go through some tragic piece of news like this. So um, what did Hezekiah do? Verse 2, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. 
So Hezekiah was taking this news really hard. And of course, he's he's asking <clears throat> that this might pass him. And as McGee points out, he did walk in faithfulness. He was a really good king. And he he did do good uh, in God's sight. So he wasn't he wasn't boastful at this point, but he was he was truthful. He was um, bearing his conscience to the Lord. Um, and of course, you could sort of say he uh, his heart was asking uh, the Lord, you know, not for his will, but the Lord's will to be done. Um, of course, his heart was full of grief about this, this issue. Um, so, of course, on the other hand, you could say there's no perfect king. Not even King David was perfect. So, so we see a lot of kings coming across in Israel. A lot of bad ones. We have some good ones, but no perfect kings. No king that is purely purely faithful, purely wholehearted, and purely good. But in any event, Hezekiah was one of the good kings. Verse 4, the word, Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and he will defend this city. And will defend this city. So what's he what's he doing here? He's saying, yes, I've heard your prayer. I've seen you cry. I mean, I've seen it. I've heard it. And I want to let you know, I'll add some time. And I'm also going to defend going to defend the city and um, the city was you could argue the case that maybe the city was the really important thing uh, in God's eyes that being the defense of the city this is a city coming under siege so this is about the time when, you know, the city's coming under siege. So this chapter 38 is sort of like, meanwhile, you know, we're looking out at the Assyrian camp. But meanwhile, back at the palace, Hezekiah is really sick. So verse 7, this shall be the sign for you <clears throat> from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has promised. Verse 8, behold, I will make the shadow cast by the declining sun on the dial of, of Ahaz, Turn back ten steps. So the sun turned back on the dial, the ten steps by which it had declined. So God's making the sun itself change its direction so that the sundial changes ten steps backwards. He's letting him know that, yes, I can add some time to your life, and I, I'm going to reset the sun <clears throat> so God resets the sun. So God backed up time. What an amazing, what an amazing um, 
miracle this truly is. And of course, very little more is said about that, but that's what he did. So now we come to verse 9. This is a quote. Verse 9 says, A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. So Hezekiah writes himself a little psalm here, a little song, and uh, it's kind of going through his emotions, and I'll read it quickly. Uh, I said, In the middle of my days I must depart. I am co-signed to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. In other words, he's saying, I know I'm going to die. Verse 11, I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. So he's saying, I know I'm getting ready to leave. Verse 12, my dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent. Like a weaver's, I've rolled up my life. He, he cuts me off from the loom. From day to night, you bring me to an end. So he needs a, in other words, he's saying my life is like a tent. I'm rolling up. I'm having to move on. Verse 13, I calm myself until morning like a lion. He breaks all my bones from a day to night. <clears throat> you bring me to an end. Okay. So my body's going to be broken up. Verse 14, like a swallow or crane, I chirp, I moan like a dove, my eyes are weary. With looking upward, O Lord, I am oppressed, be my pledge of safety. <clears throat> like when the morning comes, I'm just chirping like a little bird or, or moaning like a dove. I'm just like a, any other little insignificant animal when the sun comes up. Here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing. What shall I say? Verse 15, for he's spoken to me and he himself has has done it. I walk slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. <clears throat> so he feels terrible inside. Oh Lord, by these things men live and in all these is the life of my spirit. Oh, restore me to health and make me live. So, in other words, all these issues of life and death men have to live by. Men know that they're eventually going to die. They don't know how. And they can't, they hate it when they, if they know it. <clears throat> but we're all just like insignificant little birds here chirping. Or like a rolled up tent. Time to move on. Verse 17, Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. So man's bitterness in his heart because of death, <coughs> we have God's love <coughs> inter intervening here. For you have cast all my sins behind your back, for Sheol does not thank you. So he's overlooking the sins. <coughs> and Hezekiah is just grateful that God's overlooking sins so that he doesn't have to go to the grave. Death does not praise you. Those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, he thanks you, as do I this day. He's grateful and thankful he has more time. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. Verse 29, the Lord will save me and we will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. It's kind of a rhetorical prayer because we're going we're gonna to make music all the days of our lives, but whenever the day of your life is up, um, he was sad, you know? So originally it starts off that the days of his lives were up and he 
you know, instead of being grateful and joyful, he's sad and bitter. But now that he's been given 15 more years, he's happy. And he's going to be happy all the days of his life. Um, hopefully he won't be bitter again when that when that time comes. <clears throat> Verse 21, Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the boil that he may recover. So this is what happened to cause him to recover. I, Isaiah told him to make a cake of figs, put it over this boil so he can get better. Whether it was a infected wound that was uh, he was septic or whatever, um, they put it on this wound and he got better. And then Isaiah had also, Hezekiah had also said, this is in verse 22, what is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? So, an interesting end here. Because this chapter ends with him asking for another sign. He's just been given this sign that the Lord is going to give him 15 more years. And he's just been told by Isaiah. And he's just, the Lord said, I'm going to give you this sign to turn back the sun. So the sundial is 10 steps later. Okay. And so that's a huge sign right there. And then I'm going to get you better. You're not going to be ready to die anymore as if that wasn't enough of a sign after putting this cake of figs on it. That's a sign. And then what happens to Hezekiah at that point? What's the next sign? You know, it's kind of double-mindedness. It's kind of the same double-mindedness that we see his father Ahaz, remember when Ahaz was offering a sign that he would deliver the people, and of course, he didn't want the sign. And then, of course, God says, I'll give you a sign. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver the Messiah from a virgin birth in Bethlehem for all people to be delivered, not just you. So he goes over Ahaz's head. So anyway, um, not the proper response to this sign. Now we come to chapter 39, verse 1. At that time, so, okay, if this is not enough going on, <clears throat> word's probably spreading around that the Assyrians just kicked the bucket. And now we got the Babylonians sniffing around. So then you've got this guy named Murdak Baladadan and Murdadak means the rebel, and Baladadan means not the Lord. So the guy's name translates the rebel, not the Lord. The son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent, okay, um, sent with letters. He comes with letters and a, and a present to Hezekiah because he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. So Hezekiah welcomed them gladly, okay, which is kind of weird because the whole premise is, is the Babylonians and the Assyrians want to come in and take over Israel. So Hezekiah is charged as the king to protect the nation, and right now Hezekiah seems to be thinking more about himself. <clears throat> 
So he welcomes them gladly, and he showed them his house of treasure. He brings them on in, shows him the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his whole armory, all that was found in his storehouses. Is this a very smart thing for him to do? No, it's not. Because the Babylonians want to eventually conquer Israel. What do you think's going on? Well, it's probably his pride. He was flattered because Babylonians came to him. And he was all probably puffed up in pride. There was nothing um, in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show him. Verse 3, Then Isaiah the prophet came to Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And from where did they from where did they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come to me from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which is in your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who will come from you, whom your father, who, who, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be Enoch's in the place of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought, there will be peace and security in my days. So he's still not thinking very well here. He, he just got slapped from Isaiah saying, Look, you showed the king of Babylon all these treasures. And because of that, the king of Babylon's coming for it. Look at all this gold that King Solomon saved up because Solomon had the world's market cornered on all the gold. He's got all this gold here. You just showed it to the king of Babylon right where it is, licking their chops. So they're going to come. They're going to take all the gold. And instead of Hezekiah saying, man, how stupid I am or how foolish I am for this, he says, well, at least... They're not going to get me when I'm king. At least I'll have peace in my own days. You know? Because it, it's going to be my sons or grandsons that get taken away to Babylon. They'll be slaves. But at least it won't be me. Interesting how pride can change our perspective, isn't it? Interesting how being self-centered changes our ability to react. So, I hope this is helpful and insightful to you. Um, we certainly have a lot to learn for and think about from here um, as we study what's going on in the nation of Israel. So, from me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my partner and co-host, in Zambia, Matali. Take it away, Matali. 
Hello, so today's teaching begins at Isaiah chapter 38 and it goes on all the way to Isaiah chapter 39 verse 8. So this particular section, we're now moving away from, um, you know, God's deliverance of his people in Jerusalem from the Assyrians. And now we're moving to um, a section of um, the sickness of Isaiah. Um, so back in the day, you found God used to speak through to his people through the prophets. And Isaiah was a prophet who God used to use and speak to. So um, chapter 38, verse 1 reads, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. So here, this was a sentence of death um, to to um, the king um, of Jerusalem then, that was King Hezekiah. And, um, you know, the sentence of death you know, today rests upon each and every man because, you know, um, there was the curse, the sin of man, um, that curse of death that's been put here on earth. So, um, you know, every man today, um, you know, the sentence of death rests on him. And if we were to know the appointed time, um, we would change the way we live. And, um, but no one knows um, the hour or, or the appointed time when they're going to die. So, you know, as Christians today, um, you know, we are encouraged by the word of God to live each day, um, you know, in faith and each day in believing in God. Because, you know, for every breath that's um, exhaled by man, we do not know if we're going to actually draw that breath back in. So we do not know that that appointed time and wouldn't it be great um, to always just be ready um, uh, and live each day like it's your last because, you know, after death comes judgment. You know, judgment day is coming and you do not want to be, you know, um, you won't, you're not going to get a chance to actually um, live a better life after you're dead, um, to try and live a faithful life after you're dead. So, um, you know, Hezekiah was suffering both inwardly and outwardly, um, you know, during the siege of Jerusalem by the Assyrians. So Hezekiah uh, was told that he was going to die and he had trouble on the outside as well. And, um, you know, how, how, how do we know this? If we go to Isaiah chapter 36, <clears throat> verse 1, um, it actually says, um, if I, let me just go back in scripture a little bit further. That's Isaiah chapter 36, verse 1. It reads, now it came to pass in the 14th year of King Hezekiah um, that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all fortified cities of Judah and took them. So this so happened in a time when, um, you know, Isaiah was actually, because God extended his life by 15 more years because Isaiah ruled for 29 years and um, his life was extended by 15 more years. So it, his life was only extended, because uh, you know, after he was sick and God had actually sent his prophet Isaiah to go and tell him to put his house in order. So here, verse 2 goes on to read, Then Hezekiah turns his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord. So here we see a man of faith who turns to, unto the Lord and he prayed to God. You know, we saw that when he 
received that letter from the Assyrians, he went and laid it in the temple and prayed. That was a man of faith. He he actually tore off his clothes and wore um, sack clothes and prayed. He was a man of faith. So here he turned to God and he prayed. And verse 3 goes on to read and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and how and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. So here, um, you know, Hezekiah has been faithful to God. Not that he is, you know, trying to be vain or anything like that. He has lived the right way. He was one of the five good kings of of um Jerusalem. So um so this is a time when a man can weep when they know, you know, they're about to die, when they're told you know, you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you you've got like uh, one more month to live. You know, this is a scary time for, 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 for people, you know, when that reality and, you know, realization suddenly actually hits them. You know, a man can actually weep and hear Isaiah wept bitterly. So, um, so um, he prayed to God on the basis of his life. So here we can see this in the book of Kings. Um, let me just look for... Oops. In Second Kings, um, chapter. Let me just find the Book of Kings. Okay, so Second Kings, chapter eighteen, verse says verse five, which reads. Um, let me just get there. Okay, so here is Second Kings, chapter. 18, sorry, verse 5, which reads, He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. So Hezekiah, even, um, you know, he came, he became king after King Ahaz. He was a better king. And even the kings who came after him, that was his son Manasseh, who was just like, you know, the worst antichrist um, of all time. So he was a good king. So he went and um, so he just did not pray and complain from without. He actually prayed to God um, that he has been faithful and God should remember him because he has done everything in truth and in faith. And... um, you know, this man had a good reputation and, um, you know, according to the Mosaic law and before God, he lived, um, you know, in, 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 in a truthful, faithful way, according to the Mosaic law then in the Old Testament. And um, scripture goes on to read in verse 4, And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. So God did hear and answer his prayer. And he did it for the sake of uh, David, the father. Um, So today God answers prayers on a different basis. So Christ put it like this in um, John 16. If I just go to the book of John. Um, So John 16 verses 23 and 24 read. um, Okay. 
So John 16 verses 23 and 24 read, um, and, okay, yeah. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he shall give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy may be full. So in the New Testament now, we ask everything through Christ because Christ was made sin unto us. He was sent, you know, as, you know, the gateway to get to the Father. So back then um, in the Old Testament, as you can see, um, Isaiah's prayer, oh, sorry, um, King Hezekiah's prayer was um, answered and he did it for the sake of his father, David, uh, because Hezekiah came through the lineage of David. So today God will answer our prayers on a different basis because we're in a different dispensation now. And, um, you know, they, we have a new covenant and we can go to God today through Christ with our prayers. And if it pleases the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, if it uh, is his you know, if it's in his name and it's his will, then he will answer our prayers. But there is no such thing as an unanswered prayers. If we go to the Lord and we, we, you know, we feel our prayer hasn't been answered, that's also an answer from God, which means it's not the right time or it doesn't please the Lord. You know, um, there is always a reason. But otherwise, you know, there is no such thing as unanswered prayers. So moving on, scripture in verse 6 reads, I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. So God, you know, ties his deliverance of Jerusalem from the Assyrian with Hezekiah's deliverance from death. So his answer um, to one request will encourage the believer's heart that he answers the other requests. So, you know, his deliverance of Jerusalem um, from the Assyrians um, is tied to Hezekiah's deliverance from death. So scripture goes on to read in verse 7, um, and this is the sign to you from the Lord, and the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sand dial which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward. So the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial by which it had gone down. So here we see God gave him a sign in that, you know, in that particular day. So the sundial, it means, um, you know, steps. So in that day, um, it was like great and big. It was a great and big thing that um, it wasn't small and it was on top of uh, a pillar. And this was how they could actually tell time according to, you know, the sun rise and the sun down. So, um, you know, when God did go back, you know, you know, um, God did go back and he backed up time for uh, for King Hezekiah. And it's uh, the time of, you know, the, the, the other time he, God actually backed up time was during, it was the time of Joshua and he backed it up and here he evened it off. So um, he evened it off by 45 minutes. So God would back it up 
because he had backed up time. So he just balanced it out. He had backed up time uh, in the time of um, Joshua. And now um, he did it in the time of Hezekiah. So um, I'll just read through quickly um, the other verses. Verse 9 goes on to read, This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the remainder of my years, I said, I shall not see uh, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My lifespan is gone, taken from me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom from day until night. You make an end of me. I have considered until morning like a lion so he breaks all my bones from day until night you make an end of me like a crane or a swallow um so i chattered i mourned like a dove my eyes fail fail from looking upwards oh lord i am oppressed undertake of me, so this is um, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, crying out to the Lord that the Lord may hear his prayers. So, moving on to verse twenty, it reads, "The Lord was ready to save me; therefore, we will sing my song with stringed instruments all the days of my life in the house of the Lord." So here. Um, it is believed Hezekiah wrote a psalm. You know, after the Lord added more years to his life, Hezekiah wrote a psalm, and at that time. Um, many believe like he actually wrote a psalm, Psalms 116 it was a period of praise and this time there was um, you know um, you know a great willing up of praise for the Lord but you know after this um, Hezekiah became proud and arrogant and you know he was lifted up and we can see this in 2nd Chronicles verse 32 or chapter 32 verse 25 which reads um but hezekiah did not repay accordance to the favor shown him for his heart was lifted up therefore wrath was looming over him and over judah and jerusalem so um you know after you know, the time Hezekiah was 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 um actually delivered from and more years were added to him, was delivered from death. Um he 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 wrote the Psalms 106, the Psalm of Praise, and then afterwards, uh, you know, he just became proud and arrogant, you know. Um and God gives um his viewpoint, his evidence that maybe he should not have asked for an extension to his life as it led to pride and he was raised up. And, you know, um, the king that actually um, took over from Hezekiah was Manasseh, his son, um, and he began his rule at the age of 12, and he was the worst king they ever had. He was, as Dr. J.V. McGee put it, he was even worse than um, um, Ahab and Jezebel to put together. He was just bad. Um, and um, so, um, and and, you know, 
Manasseh was born after the sickness because Manasseh began to rule at the age of 12 and Hezekiah was, they, he ruled uh, Jerusalem for 29 years and 15 more years were added to him and which means Manasseh was born um, two years later and he began to rule at the age of 12. Yeah. So verse 21 goes on to read of chapter 38. It goes on to read, Now Isaiah said, had said, Let them like the lamp of figs and apply it as a poultice on the boil and he shall recover. So here, um, you know, there are two things that James said. You know, call the elders, which they did, and come uh, and anoint him with oil. That uh, anointing oil is not... Um, it wasn't a religious um, thing or a symbol. Uh, that is, it was just an oil of healing. It was medicinal. And then he said, pray for him so that God um, will heal him. And, um, you know, and this was said to Isaiah. And James is, um, is, um, James had actually said, pray for him. So pray for the king. So the, the king that, um, um, the thing that you do uh, when you get sick is you actually pray and you call the doctor. And it's the only, it's a sensible thing to do, the most logical and sensible thing to do. You pray, um, have faith, and call a doctor to, to come and heal you. Because, you know, nowadays you find a lot of um, these faith healers and um um, you know, modern day prophets, they go out and say, you don't need to take medicine, just pray. Uh, well, that's very, an insensible thing to do. I'm not saying, you know, don't have faith, have faith, believe in God. But, um, you know, on top of that, um, you need to go and seek medical attention, but believe in God and trust him and pray. So, um, verse 22 goes on to read, um, and Hezekiah said, what is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Um, so this is how this, um, chapter concludes. So we move on to chapter 39. Um, so chapter 39, we see Hezekiah, King Hezekiah playing the fool. And uh, we see that, um, you know, the transfer of power from um, Assyria to Babylon. So, one, Ezekiah played the fool. We saw the transfer from Babylon to, to Assyria. And um, we also saw Hezekiah's pride and him not going to the Lord. Um, so, verse 1 of chapter 39 reads, At that time, uh, Merodash, Merodash. Yeah, Baladan, the son of the Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. For he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. So here, Merodach, Merodach means rebel. Baladan means not the Lord. So the full name is the rebel, not the Lord. So um, so we have Nimrod, who was the founder of Babylon, and um, you know. Satan, who was the real rebel against God, who is actually the real rebel against God. So this man, he comes with flattery, this uh, Merodach rebel guy. He comes with flattery, and Hezekiah is flattered. 
you know, like he gets, oh, hey, he gets like, um, you know, a gift and a letter from, um, from, 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 from this different kingdom, Babylon and from the king, um, of Babylon. So verse two goes on to read, and Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of the treasures, the silver and gold and the spices and precious ointments and all it's his armory all that was found among his treasures there was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that hezekiah did not show them so here you know you have um you know hezekiah was so flattered and you know he went around and started showing them um you know these people who came who had brought um the letter and um, the gift from uh, Meradash. So he was so flattered, he showed them all his treasures. So this man had, you know, uh, not lost um, a lot, you know, um, of from what Solomon and David had actually gathered. So here um, we can see it. And if we go back to Second Chronicles, chapter 32, um verses 27 and 28 which reads hezekiah was very was very great hezekiah had very great riches sorry and honor and he made himself treasures for silver for gold for precious stones for spices for shields and for all kinds of desirable items storehouses for the harvest of grain wine and oil and stars for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks so he had, they had quite, um, you know, a lot of wealth in, um, in his, um, in his kingdom. He was rich, uh, in Solomon's days, he had, um, you know, cornered the gold, you know, the gold trade and all, and it was stored in Jerusalem and Hezekiah foolishly went around and was showing, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, embassage, the entourage that brought the letter from Babylon, from the King Meradash. And he showed them around. He showed them everything. Um, he showed this um, embassage, you know, from Babylon, everything, rather than take, you know, the letter like he had done when the when he received the letter from the Assyrians, um, take it to the Lord. Um, he did not take this letter um, um, to the Lord. And, um, you know, when they went back to Babylon, they went and told the king uh, where to, you know, when they get stronger as a nation, um, you know, where to go and get um, all the money, all the gold, and, um, you know, in order for them to carry on the war. So verse 3 goes on to read, Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And from where did they come from, come to you? So Hezekiah said, They came to me from the country, or they came to me from a far country from Babylon. So here he made a big mistake, you know, and Isaiah heard about it and, um, and, and he heard what was happening. So um, verse 4 goes on to read, and he said, what have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. So uh, scripture goes on to read, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all 
that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated that was Solomon and David until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. So here, um, you know, Isaiah, oh, Hezekiah, he had played the fool and he should have n- not have done this. You know, that has shown them everything in his um, kingdom. So verse 7 and 8 goes on to read, and um, they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palaces of um, the king of Babylon. So here, um, Hezekiah, um, you know, not only are they going to take the gold and the silver and the riches and the money, they were also going to take away his um, offsprings. And, you know, Hezekiah, funny enough, you know, he asks um, a very weird question. Uh, he asks when it will take place, if it was going to take place in his time. That was, this is in verse 8. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord, which you have spoken is good. For he said, at least there will be peace and truth in my days. So, you know, he was trying to find out, will this, whatever you've said of what, what's going to happen, is it going to happen in my time? And he was like, oh, good, it won't happen in my time. So, you know, but he, you know, but what about his children? This is why Isaiah responded, but, you know, your children, your descendants, they will be taken away. Um, and um, the children, and this is what happened. Um, um, they were taken um, and the prophecy was literally fulfilled. So... Um, you know, his life was extended 15 years and it was not a good idea for his life to actually be extended. And, you know, three terrible things happened in these 15 years, you know, um, Hezekiah was, you know, played the fool and, um, you know, after his extension, he played the fool, he, he became prideful and arrogant and, um, you know, he just, he, he stopped worshiping the Lord and, you know, he brought in the enemy in his house and his own children, um, you know, were taken into captivity by the Babylonian army. You know, there was also the transfer of power from the Assyrian army to the Babylonian um, army, to the Babylonian kingdom. So, um, you know, my main take from this particular um, teaching is the fact that, you know, we all are going to die. So how are we living, you know, the, the sentence of death is coming. So death today rests upon each one and each one of us. We just don't know the time. We don't know the hour. So how are we living our lives today? You know, every breath that we draw in, we don't know, you know, every breath that we exhale, we don't know if we're going to draw in, um, you know, another breath. We don't know that appointed time. So, you know, let us live by faith. You know, God has been made wisdom unto us. Scripture is here. Let us, if you've heard the word of God, heed the word of God. Um, it's, it's, it's here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's God wants us to go to him by faith and, you know, with all our hearts. So, you know, let us live each day, um, you know, each day with Christ in our hearts, each day meditating upon the word of God. Because, you know, um, beyond death, we have been promised eternal life, eternal life, full of joy, peace, you know, the peace that we so seek. And, um, you know, the Lord, um, let's lean on, let's learn to lean on, uh, God's understanding and God's wisdom. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.